You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on my book, Sustainable Frontiers, Unlocking Change Through Business, Leadership and Innovation. Overcoming the Barriers to Sustainable Change In practice, even superheroes have to battle to make change happen. The Guardian newspaper asked leaders with responsibility for driving sustainability within their business to identify the key barriers to overcome sustainable change. Some 60% of those surveyed said that sustainability is perceived as a long-term issue, so only 27% believe that they will make an impact on the agenda in the short term. The Guardian then asked me and a number of other experts to give their advice on how to overcome such barriers and unlock change. Here are some of my top tips. Overcoming short-termism. The first step is to challenge the prevailing wisdom. If only a quarter of your peers believe sustainability will have a material impact on business performance in the short term, focus on the contradictory evidence. Start collecting cases, facts and figures that show how financially significant sustainability can be. No doubt when BP lost 50% of its share value in 50 days after the Deepwater Horizon spill, or when Starbucks faced boycotts over perceived tax avoidance in the UK, these were material impacts. The second step is to widen the scope of sustainability. Too many companies still understand sustainability only to be concerned with environmental issues or with what a sustainability department is responsible for. However, when sustainability is recast as being fundamentally about the way a company does business, including how it recruits and retains talent, ensures security of resource supplies and maintains customer satisfaction and good stakeholder relations, it becomes more difficult to argue that these have a marginal impact. The third step is to change the market pressures for short-termism. In practice, this means identifying and promoting actions that question shareholder supremacy and financial speculation. Examples include Unilever's refusal to disclose quarterly performance, Warren Buffett's long-term investment philosophy, and the global trend of socially responsible investment, as well as Puma's inclusion of externality costs through its environmental profit and loss accounts. Bridging the trust gap. Another barrier to sustainable change is the trust gap. Trust comes from investing in long-term relationships rather than attempting to buy positive opinions through one-off sponsorships and charitable activities. There are three main reasons why companies lose the trust of the stakeholders. The first is that they overpromise and underdeliver. Typically, PR departments create an inflated image of the company's sustainability credentials, while actual performance lags far behind. Hence, companies have to ground their claims in evidence and show that they are willing to invest in making real changes. The second reason is that companies tend to be inconsistent in their behavior. A sustainability or public affairs department may do good work with the community on the one hand, while the procurement department rides roughshod over small suppliers, or the HR department cuts jobs, or the finance function disinvests from a local area. Only if there is a genuine strategic commitment to sustainability from the top is this likely to change. 
The third reason is that companies are perceived as having a narrow, profit-driven self-interest. Stakeholders remain sceptical of their motives and commitment to societal improvement, and rightly so. The only way to overcome this is for companies to commit to bold strategic social and environmental goals, such as interfaces Mission Zero and follow-up climate take-back, and not to waver when the going gets tough. Aligned to this is making long-term commitments of three to five years or even longer to their cross-sector partners. Bringing financial and middle managers on board. Another barrier to change is lack of support from key functions or levels in the organization, like the finance department or middle managers. The first challenge is one of translation. Sustainability has to be translated into the language of the business or sector and made relevant for the functional areas of the business. Hence, what does sustainability mean for the finance department? It means examining impacts on contingent liabilities, intangible assets, investor confidence, audit and assurance procedures and corporate governance. The S word does not even need to be mentioned. The second challenge is to change the way in which managers are awarded. This is the biggest motivator of behavior for middle management. Hence, unless sustainability is built into the company's compensation schemes, including its performance appraisal, bonus payment and career advancement mechanisms, we cannot expect middle managers to align their attitudes and actions behind sustainability goals. The third challenge is more fundamental, which is to change the culture of the corporation. This comes from the leaders being consistent role models and putting their money where their mouths are. In other words, they cannot be spouting rhetoric about sustainability or supply chain ethics, for example, while putting managers under pressure to go for maximum growth or the lowest cost suppliers. Only when middle managers and financial pundits really believe that the company's mission has changed and see public goodwill for their leadership on these issues will they start to feel proud of their organization's sustainability efforts and become its biggest champion. Seven ways to test if your leader is fit for the future. At this point, you may be thinking, that's all very well, but unless the C-suite is on board with sustainability, all these efforts are bound to fail. You're right, of course. So let's look at what makes a genuine sustainability leader, those pioneers who understand the seriousness of the crises we face and are prepared to challenge convention and take bold remedial action. In research that I led at the University of Cambridge's Institute for Sustainability Leadership, we found that there are a number of characteristics, including traits, styles, skills and knowledge, that distinguish sustainability leaders from their peers. The research is written up in more detail in, in an academic paper, but let me distill the essence into seven key characteristics. First, systemic interdisciplinary understanding. Jose Lopez, former executive vice president for Nestle, responsible for operations, insists that one of the elements that will really get us going in this sustainability fight is the elimination of the root cause for unsustainable behavior unsustainable business morals, unsustainable practices. Hence, we observe that sustainability leaders are able to think systemically, to see interconnections and to bridge silos. 
As Jeff Immelt, former CEO of General Electric, put it, the most important thing I've learned since becoming CEO is context. It's how your company fits in with the world and how you respond to it. Two, emotional intelligence and a caring attitude. Ian Cheshire, former CEO of B&Q, which is owned by Kingfisher, has been a pioneer on sustainability for many years, and he believes that real leadership is about greater and greater self-awareness and being more authentically yourself. It's having the humility to listen and be aware, as opposed to being on broadcast and an egomaniac, which he thinks is sometimes the traditional model of CEOs. Jan Mulford, chairman of Microsoft Europe previously, agrees, saying that a leader for the future must have a motivation of hearts. It takes real inspiration. Three, values orientation that shapes culture. Anurag Gupta, founder and CEO of A Little World, a microbanking company in India that uses mobile phones to achieve financial inclusion, has a mission to touch a billion people through innovative technologies and alliances at the bottom of the pyramid for delivering multiple financial services at the lowest cost through mainstream financial institutions. Yet Gupta is not a banker. He started out working in the remote villages of India as a barefoot architect, helping to design earthquake-resistant houses. Sustainability leaders will always find a way to put their values to work, no matter what industry they're in. 4. A strong vision for making a difference. Elon Musk, co-founder of PayPal, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and chairman of SolarCity, talks about why he is focused on sustainable solutions, saying, When I was in college, I decided I wanted to be involved in things that would have a significant impact on the future of humanity. And the three things I could come up with were the internet, sustainable energy, both production and consumption, and space exploration, particularly the extension of life beyond Earth to multiple planets. He concludes that as a leader today, there have to be things that inspire you to be proud to be a member of humanity. Five, an inclusive style that engenders trust. Few people have taken inclusive leadership as far as Ricardo Semler, CEO of Semco, a billion-plus multinational company headquartered in Brazil. In his autobiography called Maverick, he distills his business philosophy by saying, we hire adults and then we treat them like adults. Hence, staff are given full access to all company information, including financial accounts and everyone else's salaries. Employees even set their own salaries and work schedules, and Semler shares his job. There are now six co-CEOs who rotate leadership every few months. Six, a willingness to innovate and be radical. Jeffrey Schwartz, CEO of Timberland, says future capabilities will be very different and will put a premium on lateral thinking and cross-functional collaborative problem-solving. Timberland demonstrated this ability most recently through an unexpected collaboration with tyre manufacturer and distributor Omni United to create a co-branded line of tyres under the Timberland and Radar Tyres brand. Timberland tyres will be the first tyres ever purposefully designed to be recycled into footwear outsoles after their journey on the road is complete. 7. A long-term perspective on impacts. Neil Carson, 
CEO of Johnson Matthey, believes that companies think much longer term than governments and good companies think much longer term than bad companies. As Dominic Barton, former McKinsey Managing Director, put it, sustainability leaders do not remain trapped in value-destroying short-termism, but rather act as a powerful force for instituting the kind of balanced long-term capitalism that ultimately benefits everyone. Does your CEO pass the test? Perhaps that's too much pressure to put on a single individual. In fact, we all have the potential to be part of the new generation of sustainability leaders, whatever our area of practice, whatever our roles, whatever our level of seniority. This is what MIT professor Deborah Ann Kona calls distributed leadership. For ultimately, we all share the responsibility for inspiring and supporting others to follow our vision, passion, and example for a better world.